This is the Vegetarian Zen Podcast, episode number 92. Welcome to Vegetarian Zen, a peaceful place for vegetarians, vegans, and the veg curious to share tips for living a healthy lifestyle. Now sit back, relax, and prepare to get your veg on. Hey there, Veg Zeners. Welcome back to Vegetarian Zen. My name is Vicki. And this is Larissa. In today's episode of the Vegetarian Zen Podcast, we're going to be talking about some animal sanctuaries. And more specifically, we're going to be sharing a little bit about their missions and some of the programs that they offer. I'm really excited about this episode today. This was actually requested by a couple of our uh, followers, our listeners. So mm-hmm. I, I, this is a really good uh, this is a really good one, I think. It's, and we're very passionate about animals, so we should are. be a good discussion today. And you know what? This has given me um, lots of great little vacation ideas too. Oh, nice! That yeah, fun, right? that would be awesome. Yeah. Okay, but first we have a rating, and I know I also have a couple of news updates to share. Right. Actually, we don't have a rating this week. We do have a few more ratings to read, but we're kind of. Um, interspersing some listener feedback in with the ratings. Oh, yeah, that's right. So okay, cool. This, yeah, this is actually a comment that was left on our website on the show notes for episode 89, which was the coconut oil episode. And it was from Karina. And so Karina says, Hi, Vicki and Larissa. I am a big fan of the podcast. I've listened to every episode. And this is my first time communicating with you directly. Well, thank you for that, first of all. Thank you. So Karina says, I just wanted to add my contribution. I use coconut oil in cooking as well, but I wanted to share my favorite cruelty-free beauty use for coconut oil. It makes the best makeup remover ever. And and I don't wear makeup, so I this wouldn't actually... I stopped. Yeah. I was wearing some basic just foundation and... and I was looking and, you know, I just, it's not me anyways. <laughs> I was more for kind of work stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to go a la natural. Yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't used it in years. But anyway, so she goes on to say, uh, if you've ever used any type of waterproof mascara or other stubborn makeup products, there are no, they are no match for coconut oil. It has worked perfectly at removing even the stiffest waterproof mascara and is great for my sensitive skin. Here's how it works. You just massage coconut oil onto your skin wherever there is makeup, working it into stubborn areas such as eyebrows or lashes. This will look really weird because it feels like you're just smearing black stuff into your skin. And I guess that's because the the oil mixing with the mascara, yeah. Uh, But trust me, take a washcloth and run it under hot water and wring it out and use this hot towel to wipe your face clean. After wiping clean, moisturize your face and you're good to go. Washing your face afterwards is optional, but I never feel it's necessary the oil pulls away all of my grease and grime very cool thank you for sharing that corinna i know we've had several folks that have reached out and i've seen some some um discussion on our peas and carrots and then also on the facebook page about tips for for that type of thing so thank you very much for sharing that Right. So plus, I guess if somebody licked your face, you would taste kind of tropical. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of weird, but okay. Uh, Well, I would think it would be very smooth. I mean, mm -hmm. even as you were describing it, I was thinking that kind of, I bet you that would leave your face really kind of smooth after you wash it. Soft. Yeah, soft and smooth. 
Yeah. All right. So what about a couple of news updates? All right. So let's get to that. So first, in a surprise announcement today, and this is really cool, Ring, Ringling Brothers, and I don't think it was exactly today, but it was a recent announcement that Ringling Brothers and Barnum and & Bailey Circus will be phasing out the use of elephants, elephants by 2018. That's awesome. That is really cool. And, um, you know, I think this was really the CEO, Kenneth Feld. He said, the decision was not easy, but it is in the best interest of our company, our elephants and our customers. So, I mean, I really think that, you know, kudos to them for that. And I know I'm not a fan, so mm-hmm. please don't think I'm saying like I like the circus now no, because yeah. I think these are very antiquated. And I think that the all animals need to be cut out from their mm-hmm. act. I mean, come up with something else, guys. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's clowns, it's really clowns. Clown, just clowns. It'll have a clown convention or something because, <laughs> I mean, it really drives me insane the way we treat the animals there at, at these types of things. And, of course, you and I have expressed our feelings about SeaWorld and mm-hmm. things of that nature. So, yeah, we don't um, go We, we don't go we to don't the go zoo. SeaWorld. We don't go to SeaWorld, which is kind of ironic because we ended up, we met at the zoo. Yeah. That, was, <laughs> that was our first date at the zoo. But, right. um yeah, so but that was of course what Long 13 years ago, ago before we were <laughs> yeah. we were educated about a lot of this stuff. So uh anyways, this is a really big move though. I mean, I think this is the circus is a very old uh what do you call institution. it? It's an institution. Yeah, and it's very much ingrained in our society even if people don't actually go to it a lot and I think it's really a good sign that these companies are starting to pay attention to um, what I imagine is some pressure as well yes, from yeah. organizations like PETA. Yes. And uh, yeah, they need to well, stop good. it all together. Now, this next update is on uh, a company that I really like a lot because I eat their food almost every day. <laughs> and this is from Amy's Kitchen. And Amy's Kitchen, they they I was introduced to them through their f- frozen foods. And I probably take one one of their frozen entrees every day to work right because i work out at lunch and so i just heat up my my uh food in the microwave there and amy's has some really organic a good organic foods and they taste good as far as frozen foods go now frozen foods overall aren't my favorite thing but you know on the go and uh healthy for the most part Mm -hmm. you know and they use organic uh, ingredients. Right. And they also have some vegan options too. Yes. Some of those are vegan. And, yes. you know, I mean, if you're, if you need to, to do something like that for time or for, you know, whatever, it's better to do something like Amy's than like lean cuisine or Stouffer's or whatever those yeah. are that are like. But let me get to the update because okay. <laughs> we straight off on the, on the <laughs> update. So for them, they are opening and it looks like it's opening very soon a drive through restaurant in California. So it's and I know they're located in like Sonoma County. So I think it's it's it says it's on Redwood Drive and Ronert Ronert Park. Anyways, but they are so they're supposed to be serving all veg an all vegetarian menu, and it's going to include meatless burgers, hand scooped ice cream shakes, single serve pizzas, burritos, and salads. Cool. So no meat, and of course organic. All their food is organic except for the sodas. So they will, have, but they're using like in their strawberries, uh, sh- strawberry shakes, for example. Imagine this. They're using strawberries. Real strawberries. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Real strawberries. How awesome is that? Yeah. And the prices, uh, from what I was reading in this article, a cheeseburger will be about three bucks. Mm-hmm. And for less than 10 bucks, you can get a double cheeseburger shake and fries. That's good. That's really good. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if you want fast food and, you know, I'm hopefully 
this will kind of take off and will more places will have fast food vegetarian mm-hmm. restaurants. But uh, so, I mean, that's definitely a better option than going to McDonald's. Yeah. And just to read a quote from here from, uh, uh, from the Burliners who are the founders of the um, company, they said they wanted a place where moms will have a, pl- uh, they said they want a place where moms will uh, know their, their kids aren't going to be fed chemicals or GMOs or pesticides. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so hopefully, you know, this will do well because we also talked about one of our updates in the last one or two episodes. I don't remember. We talked about White Castle, right? That was uh, moving to a vegetarian. They were introducing a vegetarian slider. Mm-hmm. So, and we still have to try that. I thought the I thought we had a White Castle close to the house, but it, I they, they closed that down. Now it's a little Mexican. Place. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we need to figure out where there's the White Castle. Yeah. And like I said, I, I think if anything, just for the... Uh, Larissa, I don't know. We've had fast food in... A long time. A lot. We don't. We don't have Mm-mm. fast food, but um, we don't need fast food. But I would definitely just to, like I said, vote with my dollars. Go and and uh, try it out, anyways. Right. Right. All right. Are we ready to get into the main episode? I think so. Okay. All right. So now, in uh, doing the research for these animal sanctuaries, and we've got, let's see, we've got one, two, three, four. So we've got five that we'll, we'll that we'll talk about. So the now these are all uh, you know they've been established for various lengths of time. Everything I think the earliest one we have is eighty four, nineteen eighty four, and but these all of these are they just do such good things, and. If you go to their websites, you know, you'll see a lot of things in common. They all have places you can donate, you can adopt, you can sponsor animals or, you know, symbolically adopt animals. Um, most of them have a store where, or all of them, I think, have a store where you can buy things that will support their their work. Um, but they're just, you go to these websites and they're just so, they're so full of like um, positive energy, you know, every single one of them, just from a website, mm-hmm. you know, and you can go there and you can look at all the animals and all the, the way people interact with them and all the pro- the programs that they have. So I just, this uh, research made me feel like really good. Yeah, I love visiting those uh, websites and looking at the work they're doing. It just makes you feel so good about humanity overall, mm-hmm. right? That there's still good people in the world mm-hmm. that see these animals as more than here for us, you know, that we're being there for them. Yes, exactly. That is them. exactly what it is, I think. So, okay, let's talk about the the first one is Farm Sanctuary. Now, Farm Sanctuary is their locations. They actually have three locations now their headquarters and the very first one was is in uh, Watkins Glen New York and then they also have a location in Orland California and then in Los Angeles and uh, I know Danielle our listener Danielle this is her favorite sanctuary and I think she's gone to visit the one she's in California so she's gone to visit those Uh, it was founded in 1986 so this is one of the longer running ones mm-hmm. by Gene Bauer and Lori Houston. And uh, you want to share their mission? Yeah, their mission is to protect farm animals from cruelty, inspire change in the way society views and treats farm animals, and promote comp- compassionate vegan living. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yes. And so the outreach programs that they have, they offer tours. And most of these uh, facilities have tours. You know, they want people to come and learn about what they're doing and, and be able to kind of interact with some of the animals, and which I just think is awesome. And uh, so they offer tours. And then they also have the Farm Animal Adoption Network, which is really cool. So this is 
where they have programs in place to uh, place farm animals, rehabilitated farm animals that they've rescued in good homes. And they've got, I was looking through their, their uh, process for getting into the adoption program. And, you know, they do, they're really rigorous about doing checks, uh, you know, and, and welfare checks and making sure that you have a good place. Cause I mean, obviously you can't adopt a, a really big farm animal and keep them in your apartment. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know? So they go out there and they mm-hmm. inspect to make sure they have a suitable place for the animal to live. Right. And good. I just think that's great because there are so many places that, can take these animals, but it's just a matter of having someone to coordinate, you know, matching them up. And um, I just, I just think that's a great thing. Yeah. So the uh, website has a lot of good information on the, on, on there about ways you can help be a voice for the animals. There's some forms to fill out that will uh, email state and fe- uh, federal legislators directly. I think that's awesome when sites mm-hmm. do that because it really doesn't give you a, a, uh, an excuse not to not to do that. Right. And I mean, they're, the forms on there are so easy. It, it's They're just web forms that you fill in all your information. And then you can even go down to the bottom and they have a like just a custom email template, you know, written, just the standard text. But you can change it if you want. So if you want to add personal mm-hmm. things, you can do that. And yeah. then you select your your state and your, you know, so you can select your senators or your, your other legislators and it just takes a few minutes. And, you know, in this day and age of social media and how easily we're connected to things, it's awesome how easy it is to do, make a difference. Mm-hmm. It really is. I mean, there's really no excuse not to do that. Yeah, you don't have to get a piece of paper and yeah. an envelope and a stamp. And your and quill pen and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some parchment. Your parchment and paper and your quill pen. Right. Yeah, you can just shoot off an email. Yeah, and so the Animal Sanctuary also, uh, every fall, they organize non-competitive walks to raise money for the farm sanctuary. So that's mm-hmm. really good, too. Right. They had, there's And there's a completely separate website for that, which we'll link up to. It's Walk for Farm Animals. And uh, it's really cool. So, And I, I don't remember how much money they raised last year but it was a significant amount uh and then they also now this is cool i like this and this is not you know for everybody but it's nice to have these on there uh they have on their website links to free online guides that they've written for caring for farm animals and then they also have one which is cool about how to start a sanctuary Ooh, that's nice. Yes. And um, then, of course, they have a shop. They've got some branded merchandise. And then they sell some of their informational pamphlets about, you know, um, the meat industry and about um, veganism and different different outreach type things that you can buy. Um, we should tell Robert about that. Yeah. We have a friend who is looking into starting an animal sanctuary here, a little bit outside of, um, well, actually really close to where we live. He used mm-hmm. to be our neighbor. Yeah. All yeah, right. He owns the house next door. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, are we ready to move on to the next one? Yes, and this next one actually kind of um, used the the guides about how to start a sanctuary from farm sanctuary to start their own. Very cool. And this is Woodstock. This is Woodstock Farm Animal Sanctuary. This is another one that's really well known. Uh, they're kind of really out there and doing a lot of stuff in the community. Uh, they're located in Woodstock, New York. Founded in uh, 2004. And now the founders, uh, Jenny Brown and Doug Abel. Jenny Brown is the one that we'll talk about in a minute who actually used the farm sanctuary resources. She moved. This is really cool. She moved to 
Woodstock, New York, I don't know where from, but she actually moved herself there to work at Farm Sanctuary specifically oh, because nice. she, she loved animals um, since she was a little girl and she's always you know been an advocate for animals. So she actually moved there to work there specifically. And then from there, that was kind of her jumping off point for her and, and her partner, Doug, to, to start Woodstock, to start their own sanctuary. So um, just a little bit more about them. Doug is a film editor. And then she previously, before she started doing this full time, she worked as a film producer, a director and a post-production supervisor. So they've done a lot of, uh, you know, work together in in that. Okay. And she has a book out, right? Mm -hmm. And it's called The Lucky Ones, My Passionate Fight for Farm Animals. Mm -hmm. Have not read that one, but Mm -hmm. I will definitely put it on my list. Yeah. Well, and we'll link to it in the the show notes as well. We'll add it to our Amazon store. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. And now their mission is at the heart of our mission is the hands on work of rescuing, rehabilitating and caring for farmed animal refugees, as well as educating the public about the typically horrific treatment of animals who are raised for food. Mm -hmm. Again, one of the things that definitely changed my made me a vegetarian watching Vegucated, Mm -hmm. the DVD and seeing how these animals were treated. It just horrible, horrible, horrible. And I knew that I could never put another piece of meat in my mouth. Right. And um, so getting kind of related to that the reason that the impetus that that made her actually moved out there and start working with farm sanctuary is she was doing some undercover filming here in texas uh on like um factory farms so she was doing the undercover work and i think that people that do that bless them i mean they really you have to have to, to feel so passionate to be able to put yourself through that because mm-hmm. it is really difficult. Like when we watched Vegucated, you couldn't even watch it, you mm-hmm. know, just because it is, it's very disturbing, but thank goodness there are people who, that are bringing this to light. So that mm-hmm. way um, that we, you know, that we can make more educated choices. Right. Right. And they can do it without ending up in jail for, yeah. <laughs> for hurting somebody yeah. Uh, yeah. out there. So uh, now some of the outreach programs they have, they are open to the public on weekends to for people to come and and see their animals and see their their um what do you call it facilities thank you <laughs> <laughs> and then they can also accommodate private groups there's on their on their website there's a whole you know page that has um information on if you want to bring a group out there and Ooh, then birthday party yeah they yeah, i and, just saw that uh-huh yeah so if you want to have like a birthday party now this is during normal visiting hours only for the you know events like that private yeah. events but i mean i can understand that because they have a lot of responsibilities taking care of a oh, lot yeah, of animals yeah. so they have to limit yeah. their time but i still think that's cool that they will open them that up for people right, to do that right right okay so you can find them on youtube as well they have a youtube channel called moo tube <laughs> channel <laughs> and they have videos of their animals and they're very they're a very green organization that's also really important the sanctuary is nearly 100% solar powered uh, they compost all of their food scraps, the one, the ones the pigs don't eat, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the raw materials from the barns. And then they use real dishes and silverware at their events, which is very cool. Mm-hmm. They also use a green web hosting company. Wind, it's wind-powered. Yeah, isn't that cool? That is cool. I didn't even know there was such a thing. Yeah, I didn't either. Yeah. Uh, and and the, a volunteer who is, they have a volunteer who is an artist that takes their fence post ends and makes wood scraps and turns them into art. Wow, they are like recycling all over the place. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really cool. And they have, there's more, they have a whole page on their website that lists all their green, uh-huh. you know, things that they do. And there's more on there. I just, I just pulled those cause I thought those were cool. Very cool. So that's definitely, and that's definitely one place that I would love to visit. Yes. We got to do, we, we should go on a, on an animal sanctuary tour, tour, you know, and again, again, 
re, re uh, resurrecting my food truck uh-huh. uh, dream. It would be awesome if we could go in the food truck, doing the podcast, visiting veg sites all over the country, mm-hmm. and just driving to some of these animal sanctuaries too. Right? Yeah, you Feeding know, the be troops really cool. there, and that'd be really cool. Is if we could, um, whenever we go to a place like that, just the proceeds from the day that we're there, just donate those to the. That sanctuary. would be awesome. There we go. Now That'd we're cool. all set. Just yep. waiting. Just waiting for that food truck. <laughs> all right. Well, definitely when when we do, whenever we do visit any of these places, we'll make sure to take recording equipment and just record yeah. the podcast. Yeah, that would be good. Okay. So. All right. So let's move on to, I know this is one of your favorites, mm-hmm. The Gentle Barn. And this one we first heard about through our friend Kim Trumbo mm-hmm. uh, on her Generosity Philosophy, Philosophy. podcast. And uh, Larissa read the book. I read, yeah, I did. As soon as I heard that Kim's was um, yeah written with, by Ellie Lax, who's mm-hmm. the founder. Yeah, so Kim, uh, our friend Kim, interviewed Ellie Lax, and she's the founder, and uh, she has a book. She wrote a book several years ago, and so as soon as I heard that interview, I was just so moved that I ordered the book uh, on Amazon, and I read it in just a few days. She was like, her head was down in that book every oh, yeah. time I turned around. Yeah, yeah. I need to read it. It's, it yeah. I just have I have this huge reading list, mm-hmm. but I, I need to bump that one up. Yeah, it, it is really good, and it's a very easy read, but it's so inspiring. Um, so anyway, she founded uh, The Gentle Barn in 1999, and this was after, you know, I'm not going to go into her whole story. It's, you know, it's a very personal thing that reasons she had for founding this. What's well, in the book, too. Right. right. Oh, it is. But yeah. it's, I mean, I'm not going to yeah, because yeah. we have other stuff to talk about. But uh, definitely read the book. Um, but so she founded The Gentle Barn in 1999. And now it's located in Santa Clarita, California. She started out in a different location. But this is where it is now. And they've got a whole bunch of land and everything. It's really cool. Do we have some friends that visited... Um, no. Oh, they said uh, they were going to visit. Maybe they were going to visit. Well, Danielle, I know Danielle in California, uh-huh. uh, hers is Farm Sanctuary. And she said she hadn't been to the Gentle Barn, but she's not too far away, I don't think. Okay. Um, Maybe I was thinking of somebody else. I think you're thinking of Ellen and Portia. No, I think I was thinking of Addie and... Oh, uh, oh. Yeah. I think, I think Addie. our friend yeah. Addie out there. I think she said that they were going to, but anyway. Um, so... Her story is... And just by the way, Ellen and Portia are not our friends. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I like to think so. <laughs> I said our friends. <laughs> You're like, oh, are you thinking of Ellen, Ellen and Portia? <laughs> yeah, they come over on the weekends. Play some yeah, Scrabble. They told us last time they were over here playing Scrabble that they were going to go. <laughs> um, one day, maybe. Uh, but anyway... Um, so now I like totally lost my train of thought. Sorry, I, I think we're no, moving into the mission, right? Okay, yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, but as, a, well, a little bit about her, you know, she has been passionate, passionate about animals since she was just a tiny child. And she would bring animals home all the time. And, you know, her parents never let her keep them. And she, she kind of sounds to me like the... She's like a, an animal whisperer, you know, yeah. because they just naturally. Yeah. From what her. you were telling me, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, let's, let's talk a little bit about the mission that she has for the gentle barn. Okay. So I love this to rescue animals and people. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. And there, here's a quote from, from, the, yeah, from her, her page. Website. It says, since children naturally identify with animals, we can use interactions with animals to teach children how to behave towards other people. Often when children are abused, they turn their hurt, around to abuse others by teaching empathy and uniting kids with all life our risk our at risk youth program helps turn these kids from the inner city into protectors instead of abusers mm-hmm. that's awesome and you know i it's very sad that i think 
you know, growing up, there's a lot of when, well, let me say this. When kids see adults abusing animals or treating them badly, they tend to do that. Even if it's not like abuse, it's just treating them badly or poorly. I think that's really sad. Mm -hmm. That's really sad. So this is a great mission statement. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of the the children that they work with um, from these groups, they they have a lot of kids who come to do... um, programs that are from group homes where you know they're abused or neglected or abandoned um, and just to to read the stories in the book about you know the changes that she has seen in some of these kids Um, and then they also work with special needs kids as well and um, some of the outreach the other outreach programs they have they do that's mainly what they focus on Um, but then they also have visiting hours on Sundays and they're open to private, they'll do private groups to come in, but then they go out themselves and they do a lot of the rescue, uh, operations for these animals. That's how they get their animals is they go out and she goes out, she and her husband, now husband, I think, uh, who she met, he started out as a volunteer there (laughs) and, um, but she does these that what a great way to find your spouse too i mean because i always think that you can tell a lot about a person the way they treat animals Uh, the way they treat any anybody what's that quote that has something it says something about you can tell a lot about a person how they treat those that can't give them anything Mm -hmm. necessarily in return although i think animals give us a lot in return (laughs) but i mean the the gist of it is i think that we can tell a lot by how people interact with other living beings, mm-hmm. including animals. And I think when it says a lot about somebody who treats animals very poorly, I don't, I would, I could have never been with you had we, I not known how passionate you were about animals. Too. Yeah. So what a great way for her to find her spouse, right? I know, I know. <laughs> Volunteering at a, at a, at her yeah. Um, center. Yeah. And I mean, that's, you know, it just shows that there's, you find the person you're meant to be with. Right. Yeah. Uh, all right, so just a couple of interesting facts. Uh, as we mentioned, Ellen and... Our and, friends Ellen and uh, <laughs> Portia, they're huge supporters. Yeah, they are. Uh, but Ellen DeGeneres uh, and the founder, Ellie Lax, share a birthday. So, And I think we mentioned this in the last podcast yeah, episode. Yeah, we, we did. Uh-huh. Yeah, we had a little update. Uh, but something funny, um, Ellen and Portia named two of the rescued cows on the, on the, in the sanctuary. So Portia named hers Madonna. And Ellen, Ellen named hers Holy. <laughs> Get it? Get it? Holy cow. Holy cow. <laughs> so I just thought that was so funny. That seems like Ellen too. Yeah. That Ellen. She, oh, by the way, she left something over, over here last ah! time. <laughs> she left her jacket. Left her jacket, yeah. yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah, we'll be putting that on eBay. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, so, um, but her book is called My Gentle Barn, and that we've got that already in our Amazon store, uh, but I'll link up to it again here. All right, let's move on to one that we are supporters of, and that is Best Friends Animal Society. Mm-hmm. And they are located in Canab. Can- how do you Canab, pronounce it? Canab, Canab Utah. Uh, anybody from Utah, tell yeah. us how to pronounce that right. <laughs> <laughs> it's K-A-N-A-B. And they were founded in 1984, and they're a group of 10 folks. And their mission is to make the U.S. a no-kill country. That is an awesome mission. It's a huge mission. It's a huge mission, yeah. So but- more than 9,000 animals per day are euthanized in shelters. That is a very sad statistic. Mm-hmm. Um, animals end up in shelters as a result of divorce and breakups, financial problems, home foreclosures, death of the owner. I mean, we've even seen them go out 
after catastrophes, mm-hmm. right? Helping oh, to they round do a up lot of animals, that, yes. which after is really Katrina, great. After Katrina, yeah, we did a lot of that. Uh, no ID, so like homeless animals, minor behavior problems, and re- and animals that are rescued from abuse. And I think what really drew, drew my attention to them was when they picked up all the uh, Michael Vick dogs. Mm-hmm. That was a horrible, horrible situation. But they went, and I was following the dogs' like progress throughout the. They would send updates and mm-hmm. stuff. And it was amazing. I mean, seeing the people that work there sleep in the same area with mm-hmm. the with the animals to help the animals gain trust of humans again, mm-hmm. just I mean, it just warmed my heart. It made me sad. It made me. I mean, again, the best of humanity versus the worst of humanity. I mean, I think that's just amazing. Right. Yeah. And I think the I think the Michael Vick um, worst case, of humanity meaning Michael Vick is yeah. what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's that's kind of what I think that's the first time that we became aware of best friends isn't it or was it before that no i think it was a little bit before that it might it was right around the same time but i mean i i when i heard about this story i really that just solidified my yeah you know really being a big advocate for them so we give to them every year and Mm -hmm. just you know big supporters of them right and they're they're a huge organization now and and the out some of the outreach programs the ways that they're working towards that no kill goal um, they have their No More Homeless Pets Network, which is basically a network of shelters and people across the country that all work together to help alleviate overcrowding in local shelters and then help place animals in their forever homes. So, you know, they'll drive, they'll have people who uh, work or volunteer at Best Friends sometimes drive halfway or all the way across the country to pick up animals that are in an overcrowded shelter to take them to a shelter that can accommodate them or even bring them back to Utah. Mm -hmm. Um, And they do that a lot. So that's, I mean, that's a huge thing if you think about it, because when these shelters get overcrowded, you know, they just resort to, to putting animals down. Right. And uh, so then the next thing that they do is they, are working on establishing local programs in high kill regions. And I know, I think LA is one of them. Uh, There's several others that they're really kind of focusing in on these areas to establish programs that will help them become no kill cities. Yeah. And they have, they have, they, they uh, have specific initiatives that they're really passionate about. So one is the stray feral or feral cats. Uh, Pit bulls is another. And then the puppy mills, which Mm -hmm. is, horrible to me those puppy mills are just disgusting yeah um they also do fundraising events and as we mentioned earlier their sanctuary is located in utah mm-hmm. so yeah in the sanctuary they've got different sections it's a, it's a huge compound and it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere um but they've got different sections so they've got dog town they've cat world horse haven <laughs> uh, marshall's piggy paradise they have the bunny house the parrot garden Wild Friends, and then they have a really special section, which is called Angel's Rest. And that is where they, it's a, a it's a pet cemetery, but it's a very special sacred place. And when they lose an animal at the sanctuary, they're buried out there. Um, they have caretakers who that's their specific place is to maintain this. Um, it's, it's beautiful. It's very peaceful. And then they also will accept donations, uh, where every year they have a ceremony and you can send them the name of your pet and they'll 
they have a ceremony where they'll read that. And we did that for Chrissy. Yeah, I remember that. My yeah. our, our dog that passed away in 2007, we did mm-hmm. that for her. We did that for her. Yeah. So it's, it's just a very special place. Yeah. Now, you can stay out there, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Now, this is definitely on our tour list. In fact, when we get that food truck, mm-hmm. we're loading up and <laughs> heading out to Utah. <laughs> uh, they have uh, cabins, and they also have RV hookups. Right, on, see, their, see, on, right there, on their property. Right there on their property. And you can volunteer around the sanctuary if you want to, which, of course, we would. I would definitely mm-hmm. be in there and helping however, because I think... They are a very awesome organization. Right. And then if you do stay on the property, there are also some off-site. There's some hotels in the little town there that you can stay in. But if you stay on the property, you can even have an animal sleepover. So they have <laughs> some of their animals that, you know, the dogs and um, yeah. I don't know if it's just dogs. Uh, but if you're staying in one of their cabins, uh you can actually have an animal come and stay with you while you're Very there. Very cool. Which is so cool. That is awesome. And I'm sure that facilitates adoptions too, because I know with us, we'd be coming home <laughs> oh, with that I dog. Um, <laughs> we'd be, I don't know how sanitary we, uh, we might break some food regulations, but well, yeah. <laughs> we have, have to leave so the food like, truck. Yeah. We'll go back without a separate van or something like that. So, So. all right, let's move on to our last one here Mm -hmm. that we're going to talk about today. I think this would this this type of uh, episode though definitely warrants like a part two, Mm -hmm. or you know. So this is not the last time we're going to talk about these. These are just some of the ones that stood out to us initially. And the last one is Wolf Mountain Sanctuary. This one's a little bit different. This is a smaller. Uh, more independent, I mean, like, um, not independently run, they're all, but just a smaller, smaller scale type of, yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's in Lucerne Valley, California, and the founder is Tanya Little Wolf, and she is a Native American, and she's very passionate about um, wolves and saving the wolves. Her mission is uh, to save wolves from extinction as a result of being killed by the government and hunters. And she's got, on her website, it's She's got a lot of information about uh, how and why that happens. So, you know, the government exterminates these wolves, you know, and they make it okay for hunters to do the same. Yeah. And so what she has is she has outreach programs where she herself goes and lectures at schools and other organizations to teach the public about these wolves and about, you know, what they're really like. And um, then she opens uh, her facility for visitors so they can learn about wolves. And then she has her own pack of rescued wolves. That's very cool. And yeah. what I really like about this is that, you know, so many, so, there are so many stereotypes about wolves, right? Mm-hmm. And she really does uh, a lot to try to eliminate those stereotypes. And one of the things she talks about is that they actually have a very gentle temperament mm-hmm. and their sophisticated social structuring uh, are real is really awesome Mm -hmm. so uh you know and we always think about wolves like i think like even in cartoons when you'd watch you know wolves were always the bad guy Mm -hmm. right well and then you've got expressions like you know the wolf is at your door and you know meaning that you're you're starving you're i mean and the wolves are coming i mean it's just they're very seen in a very negative chicken coop or whatever and really they only and according you know according to her she said they really only prey on domestic stock when it's natural prey like uh, moose and caribou and deer are eliminated from their natural range. So of course they're going to be looking mm-hmm. for other things to eat. They have to eat. And it's amazing el- to me how eliminating we... those animals. Yeah. Do you think? I know, and uh-huh. it's their fault, right? It, yeah. That's the, uh, one of my other big time uh, pet peeves is 
animals gone wild yeah. or you know those types of shows yeah. like animals going berserk it's like when animals that, attack I know, when animals attack uh they're they are wild animals and mm-hmm. they're just in their nature that's right. the, you, know, yeah. you attack you threaten them or they feel threatened i mean that's their nature and then you go into their territory and of course i mean they're gonna act like animals so yes they're just defending their themselves their family and their homes yeah and the other thing she says is that wolves are a great ecolo- they have a great ecological role by preying mostly on the weak or diseased diseases in a herd. So, um, you know, that's just again, it's nature. It's sad. Just like I get sad every time I see that hawk sitting on our fence eating a bird. <laughs> Larissa tells me it's just nature. I say yes, but it's still sad yeah. to see that happening. And I know, I realize that's that's what it is. Yeah. But I mean, they really do have a uh an important role within right. our uh within our ecological system. Mhm. All right. I think that does it for the main topic. Right. Are we ready to move into the recipe of the week? I think so. Okay. And you got this one from Woodstock Farm Animal Sanctuary, right? Yes. They. It's really cool. They have a recipes page where they've got some really cool vegan recipes. And so I just I just pulled this and I looked through all of them. And I, I love mushrooms. And this just sounded really good. So it's harvest stuffed portobello mushrooms. And it's it's got lentils and it has some like fall vegetables and everything. And then they're stuffed in the portobello mushroom caps. So. That sounds really good. Yeah. I, I have it. to watch myself with mushrooms lately, though. You know this. This is mm-hmm. weird. Like I've started developing this allergy to mushrooms. I think we it think, is. Yeah. Because we had, what did we have that one time? It was something like, um, it was stroganoff. Yeah. And it was all mushrooms instead of beef. But it did have a lot. And I broke out in hives. I've never in my life broken out in hives. And much less when I ate mushrooms. And I couldn't figure out what it was. And then I started itching one time when we had some mushrooms on Sunday. The other day. Yeah. Like you sauteed some or something. It was in the, what it is. I have to keep an eye on that too. Because I love mushrooms. So that would be a big time drag if I was was developing some sort of allergy. All right. So let's move into the quote of the week. The quote of the week is from Jacques Duvall. Did I say that right? Jacques. Jacques Duvall. Okay. (laughs) Close. (laughs) Close. And then now this is also from the Woodstock um, website. They have a page of their favorite quotes. Yes. And this quote goes, God loved the birds and invented trees. Man loved the birds and invented cages. Very it's so sad. simple. Yeah, I like that because it was so simple, but it just kind of encapsulates everything that we need to change about the way people treat and view animals. Reminds me of a bit from one of Ellen's. Uh, what do you call it? Her our pal her, Ellen. Our her pal Ellen. Last time she came over, remember what she told she did us? Some stand up. <laughs> well, she was talking about people with deer heads in their, mm-hmm. you know, in their houses, and she's saying. Well, you know, why do you have it there? Well, because it's a beautiful animal. And she's like, well, I love my grandmother, but I don't have her <laughs> head up on the wall. <laughs> yeah, it's no, like wow, not the yeah, same thing. yeah, not no. the same thing. That's what a that's what a camera is for. Exactly. You know, you could definitely uh, yes, that's have the, the only same way you should shoot camera. wildlife yes. is with a camera. All right, I think that does it for our episode this week. Okie dokie, and it, definitely go out and. Uh, Leave us a comment and let us know if you have a favorite animal sanctuary or a rescue group, whether it's a national group or a local group that you support. Um, If you do any volunteering, we'd love to hear about it. We'd love to hear your stories. So let us know. Yeah, we should start a page on our site that has, Mm -hmm. um, I know the show notes is going to have the links, but maybe we can have a a page really dedicated to just having some of these sanctuaries that we look into and that, you know, that are kind of on our list. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. All right. um, If you love this show. 
we would appreciate you doing just a couple of quick things. One, going out to iTunes and leaving us a rating if you haven't done so already, because that helps people find the show. We have been so grateful to be on iTunes, what's hot in the food category for several weeks. And we actually end up on the front page because of folks like you who hit subscribe and have of the folks that have left us a rating and have hit subscribe Mm -hmm. because that uh, increases our downloads and uh, brings more visibility to the podcast. So that's one small thing you can do for us. Another thing you can do is um, when you head out to our uh, website, we have a favorite products page and uh, a lot of that links over to things on Amazon. Now in full disclosure, those are affiliate links, which means that uh, you pay not even one penny more. But every time you make a purchase through one of our links, even if it's not necessarily directly to the product that you that you uh, clicked on, mm-hmm. that Amazon kicks us back a couple of bucks, and that helps us pay for the show. Mm-hmm. It takes um, you know, it takes a little bit of, of uh, cash to get the show <laughs> done there on a <laughs> weekly basis. We've done it. We've only missed one week in the almost two years that we've been recording now. And that's because that was I sounded like a frog. I couldn't talk. Yeah, Larissa was really sick coming back from uh, a conference we went to where a lot of people got sick. And so we, we um, lost a week there. But that's the only one I think we've ever missed. So, yeah. uh, you know, we, we would greatly appreciate you doing that uh, if, you, if you can. Mm-hmm. All right. I think that does it for this week. All right. Well, I guess we'll talk to you next time. Peace out. Bye. Thanks for joining us today on Vegetarian Zen. We've created a free resource for you to show you five ways to sneak more fruits and veggies into your diet. You can download it right now by visiting vegetarianzen.com. Until next time, wishing you a happy body and a healthy mind.